Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, who dropped the bag for Tate and I as we were in San Antonio, came through in the clutch, got us tickets to the final four games. We are back in LA though now, taping the national championship edition of One Shining Podcast. SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event. It's going to have to be baseball, Tate. Might have to be the NBA. College basketball is over. But SeatGeek, season never ends. Use promo code OSP for $20 off. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We are also brought to you, as always, by the ringer.com.com.com, where we have Giant Week, Tate, for the Andre the Giant doc. You and I got to see this movie. It's one of the it's one of the perks of being mm, out here in Hollywood, mm. living the Hollywood lifestyle. Is we get to do these things, go to little premieres, get to rub our elbows with celebrities such as I don't know Bill Simmons, for example, David Shoemaker, for example. You ever heard of him? We have. We met him at this Andre the Giant thing. The Andre the Giant doc was awesome. We're gonna do Andre the Giant stuff on the ringer.com all week in celebration com. in celebration of that. We also have podcasts on the Ringer Podcast Network that Tate Frazier will talk to you about right now. And I will say this, our producer Kyle is going down to Augusta National, and that's why he's not here. Our final podcast of the season after the national <laughs> Shout title out producer game. Kyle. Producer Kyle, the most important game that he should be at. Uh, he was not in San Antonio with us. Yeah, he was not in San Antonio. He was not here tonight, we Monday filmed, night, to watch with us. We should have filmed the reaction when, uh, we should have had a camera on Kyle when whoever told him, all right, Kyle, here's the deal. You can either go to San Antonio with the Duffel Bag Boys, uh-huh. or you can go to the Masters. And like, how quickly did he say the Masters? I, I think he said the Masters before the question was even out. As soon as he heard, Muh. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that one, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, second one. Or he's like, you can go to, you can go to San Antonio mm-hmm. with Titus and Tate, mm-hmm. or, and he's like, whatever the second one is. <laughs> yeah, 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 anything not to do that. So Kyle will be in the Masters with uh, with Bill Simmons. He will be he will be producing and, the Bill Simmons podcast from Augusta National and the Shack House podcast. They, yes. They're going to be down there and yeah. against all odds. Nephew Kyle is a lot of work. Producer Kyle, I, I don't know if he can live up to the hype. Are, are, wait, are, <laughs> are producer Kyle and nephew Kyle the same person? Some people. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Uh, Maybe. Also, go to the Ringer merch store um, where you can buy <sighs> not one shiny pod stuff. Um, <laughs> That's still there if you're into that sort of thing. Check that out. Tate and I are going to be talking about, guess what? The national championship. Villanova, congratulations. You've won a national title again. <laughs> You've done it again, Jay. <laughs> You've done it. Folks, in the words of Jim Nance, folks, how about Villanova? How about that, <laughs> how about how about this that one? What a game. Oh, uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about our time in San Antonio, how neither one of us have our voices left, and how it's jeopardizing our career as podcasters. We're just going to see where, where this goes. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. It is Monday, April 2nd. It is about midnight on the East Coast. Villanova has won its second national championship in three years. Some are saying, Tate, I'm one of them because there's no way of refuting this claim. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it to make me like, I'm just going to butter up to the Villanova fans. Because, you know, like when you win the national title, you just want to consume all of the content. So I know that like most of the people listening to this are Villanova fans. We have no Michigan fans that they're like, I'm done with I'm done with the season. I hate I hated basketball anyway. I'm done with the season. So it's all Villanova fans. So Villanova fans, while I have you here, I'm going to say it, Tate. They should have won three in a row if, if Amari Spellman was not ruled ineligible for like transferring in seventh grade to a different school. This is a subtle dig to Wisconsin, I think, is what you're doing right now. This is what you're doing. <laughs> you're pointing this out that Nigel Hayes, this moment would have never happened if Spellman was on the baseline to, you know, you know, guard him when he made that uh-huh. little hesitation move. That's what you're saying. If someone's exactly playing defense saying. on Hayes, I'm sa- we stop this. What I'm saying is we This have, could have been three in a row. This could have been a dynasty. And even if it's not three in a row, I'm ready to say it. We have a dynasty on our hands because Villanova is going to be the best team next year. Duke is going to be the team that I say is number one in the country because I cannot resist Duke content. It's just like, it'll be, it's my vice. It'll be my vice for the rest of my life. Um, I will be dying. I, I will be flatlining on my deathbed and someone will just whisper in my ear like, Mike Krzyzewski's got three, the top three recruits and I'll just like spring back up. I'm like, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's you start do it yelling again. Zion. Uh, so I will be saying Duke will be the best team, but like in all honesty, it's going to be Villanova again. They're probably going to win it again next year. 
We have a dynasty on our hands, Dave. We had the chance for, this is like how it must have felt in 2006 when Florida won, you know, even though this was probably more, like people people understood that this could happen. Now we have this whole team that could all come back. Did Florida's team come back? I they, don't remember yeah, what happened yeah, in 2007. Right. They, yeah, they did all come back and won a title. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry to bring that, that up. Uh, but they could do that again. I also want to point out Jay Wright. He joins the the multi-title club, which mm-hmm. is like an, an illustrious group of coaches. I think it's, he's the 14th member of the group. He now is no longer with the schlubs like Bill Sutton. And John Calipari, these guys that have only Kevin won Ollie. one title. Yeah, Kevin Ali, of course, <laughs> the great Kevin Ali. But he gets into the Billy Donovan, Rick Pitino with an asterisk conversation of being the two time winner. Um, and I just want to say that's pretty cool for for Jay Wright. And yeah, it was it was, cool. it was right pick, right logic with a W this Ooh. time. Uh, we had we, Your Wildcats we, picks looking good, Tate. <laughs> and the Wildcats pick is looking good. It's been all it's all kind of worked out for us. We even said it against all odds at the start of the season. We made the pick we did. 28 to 1. Um, I honestly did not. I, I I knew that Villanova, and I think we both knew Villanova was this good. But it just seemed like you know they they get tripped up. They, it's either they lose in the second round or they win the title. That's pretty much been the formula. And uh, if you want, you pointed out that they could have won three in a row. They could have won four in a row. If, if they don't lose to NC State, right? In, if they in, don't in lose in the, the if they don't lose in the tournaments <laughs> that they had been in, and they, they could just they keep winning. <laughs> Because as we know, if they get past the second round, right. they win the title. They win the title. That's, that's, that's the formula. We said all season that Villanova was the best team in the country. Now, we also said that Virginia was the best <laughs> team in the country. And we may have also said Duke was the best team. Because, you know, we said a lot of the teams were the best teams in the country, but none of those other teams won the national title. Villanova mm-hmm. did. So we're talking about them right now. We did go on against all odds at the beginning of the year and say Villanova is the best bet to win the national championship. Called it. I don't know. Should we get some of that money that everyone bet that mm-hmm. we have people tweeting at us? Thanks, guys. I don't know. I think the most insulting thing I've seen is that people are tweeting at us like, you know, they're getting their payout and it's like they bet $5 or $10 or $15. Yeah, yeah. Like they had no faith in like betting <laughs> right. more than that. They're like, I mean, I really don't trust these guys at all. I'll just put $10 on it. But like, you know, maybe. I wonder, how, many, I wonder how much I wonder how much money people put on like Miami because I also like <laughs> drop them as a dark horse. $250. But, but we, were, we were actually adamant that Villanova was very good. Um, the other thing I've been adamant about, and I'm excited about this, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be obnoxious about this until my dying day, was that Jalen Brunson is not the best player on the is team. Is he a system player? Jalen Brunson <laughs> is not the best player on this team. I'll say it until I, until I die. I don't understand why this is even controversial. I, I think this was the moment when Jalen Brunson, when it was official that he swept every National Player of the Year award. I think this is that I, I decided I'm detaching myself from college basketball mm-hmm. media. I will not renew my U.S. Basketball Writers Association, whatever. You're boycotting. I'm, I'm no longer media mm-hmm. because if this is what college basketball media is, you're going rogue. Is thinking that you're guy a maverick. that goes, he goes four for thirteen mm-hmm. in the national championship game with two assists and four fouls with his season low. Now, if I told you that the National Player of the Year would go four for thirteen. With two assists and four fouls in the national championship game, what would you guess the outcome would be on any given year? Uh, a win if he's Jalen Brunson and he plays with Villanova. Right. Any other guy, you're like, well, I'm guessing they lost because if he's really the best player. Yeah. If Anthony Davis does yeah. that, if we, Anthony know, we, Davis, we have a problem. You're screwed. Yes. You're screwed. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Villanova wins by, what was it, 2019 was the final? 17. 79-62. Huh. That's weird. That's weird. I don't know, Tate. Who could have possibly seen this coming? <laughs> Well, no one could have seen the Dante DiVincenzo, Dante's Peak, Dante's Inferno. There's so many Dante jokes that are going around right now. He has 31 points. Well, did we ever settle on the, the Dante Culpepper thing? Like, Dante, remember we had something like Pepper, like Pepper's being hot, and you have Dante. And God, we're back at square one with that. We, we, we have to figure it out. But we were that, supposed to workshop that. We never did. Well, there, he said so many nicknames like the Big Ragu and, you know, like Bill Raftery has thrown out a million things about Dante DiVincenzo. He's had all these moments over time. He had the tip in against Virginia last year that everyone went crazy mm-hmm. over. And then it's somehow like he gets kind of forgotten and lost in the shuffle. Even going to this game, we kept saying, you know, you got to watch out for Bridges. You have to watch out for Spellman. And then somehow he has 31 points, his career high. He wins the most incredible. outstanding player. And this is the first time, I don't know if people realize this, that a guy has come off the bench against Michigan in a national title game mm-hmm. and yeah. just lit him up and won most outstanding players. Yeah. It's never happened before. Never, ever happened. Like, it may seem like a... it happened. It may be like you dreamt it nope. or you've seen nope. it before, but it did not happen. Nope. There's an asterisk. 
It was, it was, uh, you had your, the, the men in black stick was put up yes, or whatever. And it was yes, just you never saw your memory. Mark Hammer came up and just <laughs> yeah. did it. And Mark Hammer like grew his hair out, didn't he? Like, yeah. what, what is that? He's looking look? more and more like Robert Kraft every day. I, 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 I 100% thought Mark Hammer was going to present the national title but with wearing, while wearing sunglasses. That's what, that's his look right now. He's got the hair going to the, like, he looks like the guy who would wear sunglasses as he presents the title. He looked like uh, he flew back from the Bahamas just for this game to San Antonio, just to be like, hey guys, you know, <laughs> good, good stuff, fellas. And we, we as a community, as a college sports community, everybody hates Mark Emmer. It's just like, universe, even if, I feel like even the people that are like, I, I don't know if players should be paid. I mean, they are getting scholarships. Like even those people, I think, hate Mark Emmer. But for some reason, we don't really boo him when he comes on. I don't understand it. Like NFL's got it figured out. The NHL's really got it figured out with Gary Bettman. They just threw that. Like, that's the best part of the Stanley Cup every <laughs> but year. But the best part is that Gary Bettman trolls them back. Like he tries to make yeah. <laughs> rules to piss them off. Like he knows what they don't like, and he's like, "Let me just lean into this really, really hard right yeah. now." Yeah. Um. But yeah, every time Mark Emmert comes on, they're like, "I don't know." Everyone's just so, just so excited. Happy. Happy. Yeah, yeah, you, one. I know. Euphoric, and everyone, especially if you're down 17, all those Michigan fans, we know that they're already out of the building. They're right. so fickle at this point. They're like, "I, I have to Ooh. be out of here." Ooh. You taking yeah. a shot? Are we off the bandwagon? No, no, we're well, not we, off the bandwagon. Let's talk, let's talk about Michigan. We, we've given the Villanova love. Uh, Villanova fans are probably going to be mad at us. You'll you only spent 10 minutes talking about us. Well, was, no, it, it was the second most dominant run, second in 2009. Was, honestly, 17.7 points way, per game. I, I've, I've know, been saying this. I don't know if I say margin. it on this podcast because it's all blended. Like You and I, I don't know media, what I've said we're media moguls. Week. We're yeah. going on all over every network that exists talking about this stuff. People just want to hear from us, so I don't know where I said this, but the Villanova run was almost boring not in the not certainly not in the play on the court like oh yeah you so said this in the watch. Uber uninterrupted video oh, I that said you were it, in yeah. I said it when I was drunk in the Uber in San Antonio <laughs> oh yeah at 2.30 right. a.m. that's right that's right that's right now I remember uh, yeah yeah it wasn't a show it was, it was, it was drunk in an Uber that's right uh, <laughs> Some, somehow you're always on yeah, yeah. yeah I'm always on when you're, always, when you're like me you're always on uh, it wasn't like boring it obviously wasn't boring on the court it was just like there was never there was maybe one moment against West Virginia uh, where you thought they might potentially maybe sort of kind of have to play well to gut this one out. And like outside of that, there was never, even tonight against Michigan. When they were down 7, 21 like, to 14. Yeah. It felt like to me that Villanova came out in this game and said, we're just going to rain threes like we did against Kansas. And that's, that's going to be the vibe of this game. Michigan did what they had to do made it like a defensive, like we're going to stop Villanova. Villanova wasn't really interested in playing defense because they're like, we don't need to play defense. We're going to hit 18 threes again and just blow them out. So they weren't really playing defense. It, it, it became kind of difficult offensively for them. And then they started to get a feel for like, oh, it's going to be one of those games. So Michigan is going to try to make it like Texas Tech did, like West Virginia tried to do, like just kind of physical make defense. Make it ugly. Yeah, that's what they're, oh, so we might have to actually play defense. Okay, fine, we'll play some defense. And then they play defense and then that was that. That was that, and and, and, and and Wagner started out so hot in this game, and it looked like this this. this and so what I'm saying up. is like yeah. even even in that moment when they're trailing, you, I I I mean I personally just felt like I, I'm not going to say like I knew they were definitely going to win, but I I wasn't I wasn't even kind of panicking that oh oh shit is is Michigan really going to win this? It was like no. And when they took the lead, I think it was 23 21. We I think it was even a comment that was made. It was like, is this going to be the last time that Michigan had mm -hmm. a lead? And it was kind of like, no, they're going to go back and right. forth. And it was. It was the it end. Was the Dante, last time. Dante just completely lost. He went 11-0 when he has 18 plus. This entire run, like, if you, if you check the heart rate, basically what I mean by Villanova was boring, just so people understand the point I'm making, is that if you if you charted, can be boring. If you charted the heart rate of Villanova fans during March Madness, it's just like, you know, it's like they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. they, they they were never panicking. They're just kind of like, oh, cool, we're doing it. Yeah, they yeah. rustled and rolled around a little bit against Bob They're Huggins. almost spoiled. Yeah. I think they're spoiled at this point. So, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure they'll love that. I'm sure they'll love that. I thought it was great that, that right now the Massimino family, like uh, all all the old head Villanova fans, are now like getting to enjoy you know the yeah. spoils of being a blue blood. I think it's the first time. Oh, are ever, you saying it? Are you I think busting they are a blue blood? Right. We have to we have to say that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's spend the next hour and a half uh, just hashing <laughs> out who the blue bloods of who college basketball bloods? because that's that's the most important question I think everybody has uh -huh. is uh, who's is Indiana? Do they still count? Does UCLA count? UCLA has the most titles. Haven't won, they've only won one since like the wood. We're era. definitely not talking about the Pac-12. <laughs> that's that's the rule number one of this podcast. Until, until next year, and they they can redeem themselves. We're not talking about uh, the Pac-12. So who comes back from Villanova? Uh, Bridges is definitely gone. Hundred percent gone. He He's was the top ten. He was the best player on the national championship team. He's mm -hmm. got to go. Um, also had nineteen tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Weird, huh? And we said at halftime, Divincenzo has eighteen at the half, and this is exactly what happened when they played Alabama. And he he has like zero. He comes in the second half. He has zero points, but it's it's bridges from the start. And it's like okay, 
DiVincenzo, thanks for handling that for us. All right, now it's your turn, Mikel. You you handle the second half. You right. keep us rolling. You're our guy now. And uh, Jalen, you're the national player there, so why don't you sit on the bench and just cheer these guys <laughs> on? Why don't you just clap for and our then, guys? And then when we win the title, just like hog the trophy and not get let, not let anybody I, else touch it. I think that was the most egregious thing I've seen because this Villanova team, uh, you know, there was the the little play when Brunson got hit and all four guys run over. It's the five yeah. starters and they help him up, and everyone's like, "This Villanova team, they make the extra pass. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're all about the teamwork." And then Jalen Brunson gets the trophy, and not one of the personal team could hold. He finally gave it a DV Vincenzo, when he's getting like interviewed by Jim Nance as the most outstanding player, he finally gave it up begrudgingly, and then he just started making out with it while DiVincenzo was holding it. It's like, get, and Phil, leave Phil, him alone. How about Phil Booth gets no shine whatsoever <laughs> at the at the, the end difference. of the whole ceremony? Yeah. Phil Booth says, "Can I say one thing to Jim Nance?" Jim Nance is like trying to take the microphone. Jim Nance away is like, from "I've already thrown to the tees." J- Jim Nance is like, "Listen here, you little shit. Let me explain how this works. I've been doing this." He starts talking to Coach thirty K-Boys. goddamn years. I got I got Gus John. You, you do you know where Gus Johnson is right now? Nobody no one, does. Nobody. I killed that. Yeah. I'm going to do the same to you. You try that. Do you shit, like man. FS1? They're like, yeah, we play on FS1. <laughs> it's like, never mind. I forgot I was talking to a Big East team. Uh, so Bridges is gone. 100% yes. gone. Yes. Brunson, 95% gone, right? I think there is a world in which Jalen Brunson comes back to school. What What is that world? We're like, the, the M- world is. Where the NBA scouts are like, we don't give a <laughs> shit about. The college fans buying into this idea that you're the best player. We actually know the truth. When he looks on a draft board and it's like Tony Carr is 15 spots yeah. in front of him, he's like, what? He's like the 12th like, highest rated point yeah. guard. It's kind of like Joel Berry. Like when I, I, I want to calm down for a second because I feel myself getting out of control. I think Jalen Brunson is very, very, very good. He's I, I just want to like re, re- hit this point. I think like being in San Antonio and running into Villanova fans who tried to fight me because they, they, they're they like, Titus, why do you hate Jalen Brunson? Mm-hmm. It's never been about that. It's been about just like he, he should not win national player of the year. That's it's about it. the narrative. He should win every other. It's not award about the player. It's about the narrative. It's about the narrative. It's, it's about. Like, it's never personal. It's about it's the never, narrative. It's, not, it's like Sister Jean. It's not about it's not you, personal. sister. It's about the Jaylen, narrative. Jalen, it's not personal. I, I cheer for your success. <laughs> not I, your fault. I, I like you as a person. You're a good guy. Jalen, it's not your fault. <laughs> Jalen, you're a good guy. You're a very good guy. However, it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. You think Brunson's coming back? I think Brunson's going to come back. I think what's on what good, grounds? Just like the dream of forty and zero, the dream of the dream of like I'm going to be the greatest titles. college basketball champion of all time. Now I don't that, and, and I now don't hold on. Yeah, if he does that, then we're talking. Then we're, then talking. we're cooking, and he can take Quinterly, who like we don't even know anything about this guy other than he's a five star point guard. That that was a big. Is that all we know, or do we also maybe <laughs> we have some ideas about maybe some other things? Yeah. Some would say, but we bring him in and you get to mentor him, you know, like Jalen Brunson's got Quinterly coming off the bench. He gets to like, you know, say, this is how Villanova basketball works. He has his last little hoorah without Bridges taking the spotlight from him. <laughs> I think, I don't think he was Except excited. this time it's DiVincenzo, it's Spellman, <laughs> and Brunson wins. For the second year, he wins National Player of the Year as the fifth best player on his team. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think the problem with this team is that I think DiVincenzo and Booth and Pascal and Spellman, all those guys come back. I guess Brunson comes back too. Think, I'm, I'm saying in this situation, and they could just run it back and just win it all again. And, I, and that Gillespie, would be awesome. And Gillespie is like didn't even play in this game. Doesn't even matter. But he's literally Archie Diacono. I, I thought that Archie Diacono just put yeah. a jersey on and started playing. We saw Josh Hart on stage with the team. This Villanova little it's, like it's just they're, all all, they're, they're all just like staying together. And we keep forgetting yeah. like who's on the team anymore and who isn't. Like I'm surprised Chris Jenkins didn't take a shot in this game at some point. Um, Javon Pinkston checks in. With, <laughs> yeah. Curtis with Sumter. Five minutes left. Curtis Sumter like, Wait calls a second. Is that is that is it, really? <laughs> so. uh I'm with you. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I think that happens. I'm for that completely. I want um. It, it this is this is a weird thing where Villanova is dominating college basketball, and I feel like nobody hates them. Like the fact that I'm saying I welcome this kind of feels weird because if this was any other team, and not not just Duke. I mean, Duke's the obvious one where you're like, I hate Duke because they're so good. But mm-hmm. like, even if Kansas, who I've I'm pretty neutral on Kansas. Like I I don't know. I, I've never hated Kansas for any reason. If Kansas won two titles in three years and kind of had this five-year run that Villanova's having, I'd be like, all right, enough of Kansas. Or Screw Kentucky. These guys. Get this or out Carolina of Carolina yeah. or any of those schools like that. Yeah. You feel that way. It, and it wouldn't even have to be them. Even if it was like Tennessee mm-hmm. or something, I'd be like, all or right, Arkansas, enough, or, enough or, of Tennessee. Yeah, 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 enough, yeah, get yeah, it yeah, out. I've seen, Just, it. I've seen enough. But for some reason, there's like something about Villanova. I'm like, yeah, dude, let's run this back. This was fun. I like this. And I hope they do, but, but Bronson's probably gone. Bridges is probably gone. Mm-hmm. Spellman, I thought, had a chance based on like just the what he did to Kansas. Yeah, he's just gotten after hot. He, after he ruined Azubuke. He, yeah, because that was the big matchup going into the Kansas game and he balled Pretty out. Pretty much handled yeah. it, yeah. 
And so I thought, but I don't really know. I don't think Spellman, I mean, he was, Wagner was, you know. Wagner had a great game. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think Spellman's coming back. That's the good news. I thought Jay, the, the biggest mistake he made in this game was leaving Dante DiVincenzo in the game with like seven minutes left because I'm, I'm, I'm like 12% worried that, that DiVincenzo is going pro. Like he's feeling himself a little too much. I think there's a world in which he does go, but I, I I don't know. This Villanova team is a very it's good for college basketball because they lean into college basketball. It's not the Kentucky situation or a Duke situation where Ooh, yeah. you get hot and we want to push you out. Oh, those one and dones. We those hate one those and guys. Oh, They're ruining the game. It. Yeah, it's hurting the game so much. It's also crazy this Villanova team has red shirt guys and that yeah, are, that, that, that matter and that are really good. Like the fact that I mean I know Spellman's red shirt situation is a little different because of like a technicality. <laughs> so I guess that's that doesn't really count. But just these guys that have been red shirt guys, like even Bridges, right? He's a red shirt guy. Uh, yeah. I th- Think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I like, think he is. like they just have stars that are, that are, junior, are I think, yeah, yeah, that are red shirt guys that are just like batter to their team and are important. And then you got like Booth who somehow affects his team in whatever weird way it does. You don't even see it sometimes. Like I know the last title they won, he had twenty points in this game. I don't even know. I didn't feel like he scored in this game, but somehow he's involved in everything, and, and the, the team kind of rallies around those those core guys. I don't know. They have they have a program built. They're, they're they have like, are, are, they, are they the Warriors? Of are they the basketball? Warriors of college? college? Say? Hey, folks, yeah. you see this program they got built here? That's pretty good. It's a pretty good program. Michigan mm. lost. They mm. are the seventh Big Ten team, I believe. So we have. Let's go through them again. Indiana in two thousand two to Maryland. Illinois in 05 to, to North, North Carolina. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, some something happened in 07. We don't need to Ohio talk about. State. Yep. Oh uh, nine, Michigan State loses yes. to North Carolina. Seventeen points. Thirteen didn't ever happen either. Uh, 13, we don't... I, I wish I remember what happened in yeah, 2013. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I, it's so weird. My I can only imagine if out. someone came off the bench, had 22 points, and, and won most outstanding player. Yeah, but it just... I don't know. That's I, I can't even fathom a moment like I, that. And, it's, and someone got a certain tattoo somewhere. It's just... I don't know. Uh, 15, Wisconsin loses to Duke. Uh-huh. So that's that would be six. And then uh, now 18, Michigan loses to Villanova. Mm-hmm. That's seven seven times. I, I don't even know what I, what point I'm trying to make here, Tate. I'm just saying... Uh, What's going on with the Big What's Ten? I think it's the 10? point that you're they're, yeah. you're making. And can, can we win one, please? I think that everyone this year thought that Michigan State was the team in the Big Ten. I know we at this program, other than our Villanova love, we had an, a little bit of a suspicion that this Michigan State team was going to kind of have to figure it out. And they had the Flint guy, you know, like they, yeah. they had the formula. Well, Miles to Bridges do it. came yeah. back to do it. It was like this yeah. is the team they're going to do this. Um, so that doesn't work out. Obviously. Michigan makes this beautiful run. We we start thinking they're a team of destiny. But what really happened was we didn't stay in San Antonio. And for that, to, to, to friend of the program, Duncan Ooh. Robinson and all those guys, I wish we had been there. So, I think we could have chained the mojo in the building. I wish we would have sacrificed ourselves. I wish I would not have stayed up all night Sunday night and had to wake up for a <laughs> 7 a.m. flight. And by wake up, I mean just stay up and just go right stay. to the plane. And now I'm sitting here. I can't even get my thoughts together because I'm so worn out. And, you know, yeah, I wish I could have just stayed in San Antonio. That would have been amazing. You know, just like every time I try to raise my voice or, or <laughs> go like a little higher with my voice, it just gives out. If you uh, notice that I say I think before every time I say anything, it's because I don't, I, I can't think right now. I'm actually, I, I'm not actually like trying to trigger my brain to think. I'm trying to trick you guys. We're trying to say I think, but really, <laughs> I'm not spoiler thinking. alert, we're not thinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we jumped on the Michigan bandwagon. Uh, after Swaggy Pool hits the shot to beat Houston, yes, Jordan, you and I did not miss a Michigan game for mm-hmm. the rest of the run Mm-mm. until tonight. Oof. Ooh, are we taking? <laughs> oof! Oh, I hate to, you know. As an Ohio State, as an Ohio State alum, I just hate to see that happen to the Wolverines. I really do. Um, I think you may have secretly trolled the team. Maybe you made me leave. That's what the big question is going to be. <laughs> the big question coming out of One Shining Podcast is: Was I genuinely on the Michigan bandwagon? Duncan, I wanted to say, or was this always was this always a jinx? <laughs> and and that's what I, no, no one's going to know. I uh-huh. think I'm going to take that to my grave and make it a mystery. Was I? I feel bad for Duncan. Uh, he he went zero for three tonight. Um, he, for those who don't know, Michigan fans know this because they keep bringing it. Like every Michigan fan we saw in San Antonio, because we talk about Duncan Robinson so much, they always they love bringing up the stats us mm-hmm. that when he scores like seven points, they're undefeated in every game. And and then I, we brought up if Dante Divincenzo scores eighteen, Villanova's yeah. undefeated. If <laughs> Villanova's undefeated in every game, that Dante Divincenzo just goes nuts in the first <laughs> yeah. half. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, Strange. I don't want to. I, I I'm not calling out. I'm not calling out Duncan. I'm no, not. we're not calling I'm out. Not. First of all, we're not personally calling out anyone. I'm not personally calling. But if, you, if you're Duncan Robinson and you know that every time you score seven points, your team's going to win and you're going to the national championship game, 
How the hell do you only shoot three times? Explain that to me, Duncan. How you about your teammates? Be, how do you not pass him the ball? Pass him the ball. Yes. I would shoot it every time. Mm-hmm. I would get my seven points. I would just turn to the bench and be like, check me out. Yeah. It's over. I've done and I would my go duty. Home, and I would just stand on the score table and put my arms out. What <laughs> else do you want from shoot me? Shoot the confetti. Shoot that shit. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> three for 11, seven points. What do you want from me, folks? What else do you want? Uh, yeah, he goes over three. I, I, uh, that was sad. Um, but I don't know. It was like, like the, the whole Michigan run. It, it, it's one of those things as someone, again, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I, I did it with Ohio State where we ran to the title game. We lost. It sucks in the moment. But I promise you to, to the Michigan players listening to this because there are multiple players listening. We'll get to that one in a mm-hmm. second. Um, to the Michigan players listening to this, this is something you'll remember for the rest of your life positively. There will not be a moment of, man, if only. I promise you that. You'll look back on this and you'll say, what a ride. What an experience. What that a was, regional in Los Angeles. How much regional, fun did I have there? Yeah. How awesome was it that the Duffel Bag Boys came into our <laughs> locker room? I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Um, so yeah, it was it, you know it sucked to see them all sad and all that kind of thing. But it's, it's one of those, it's like, it's like when someone who's like 107 years old dies. And, you know, like people try to be sad, but then you're, someone you're like, stands up and they're like, run. he's 107. He yeah. lived a great life. He had a great loving family. Like, what else are we supposed to do? That's kind of how I feel about Michigan. It's like, yeah, you lost. It sucks. But I mean, come on. It was a, it was a great run. Speaking um, of losses, let's talk about Robbie Hummel. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Only Robbie Hummel will get that joke. Oh, well, we're going to talk about Robbie to say, don't you worry. Uh, let's talk about, I brought up Michigan players. Uh-huh. Our friend, Kevin O'Connor. Yes. Who is best friends with Mo Wagner. Um, we, we watched the title game with KOC tonight. And he says that him and Wagner are like apparently best buds. They're like, like texting back and forth. I, mad respect to Wagner for mm-hmm. understand for seeing this, for exploiting Kevin, for understanding that like I <laughs> if can I'm use going this to get man. drafted, I have yes. to be you know favored, you know, and valued in this. Because KOC is like you and I, we're like uh-huh. if you if you're just nice to us, we'll be like yeah, I love that guy. Like mm-hmm. I I told the story where Jay Williams just dapped me up at the bar in San Antonio. I was like, all right, I'm a Jay Williams fan for the rest of my life now. And we, we talked to JP McCurry, and we're like. You know, I, this whole time I thought he was an asshole, but he's not. I talked to him for two minutes and now, I'm now folks, I'm convinced he's a great guy. Uh, Wagner, knows <laughs> just us, misunderstood. Wagner knows us about KOC. So he's like mm. become best friends with him. And apparently Wagner f- heard through the grapevine or maybe even listens that maybe he's a friend of the program. Uh, he We're heard, not sure. he heard you confirm. talking shit about how he's a media whore. Yeah. I certainly was not. <laughs> I called him a media whore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that that came out of my mouth is unbelievable. Um, but that was at the Elite Eight. I think that was at the Elite Eight uh, when he was waving at himself. And, and, and he well, was just calling the attention no, upon happened, himself. What started it all was the, was the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, well, of course. Where Duncan, Duncan had to play. They got the and one. And then yes. Wagner cuts him off and flexes. Right in front, right so, in front of the camera. So, listen, Mo, we're calling you out. Uh it's not a bad thing. You play to the camera. That's a good thing. You're like the sister Jean of Michigan. You're you're taking the spotlight for yourself so that way the rest Again, of the guys can it's focus. It's not the person. It's the narrative. <laughs> it's not you personally. But uh, we got to get him on the pod this summer because I, I just want to ask him about the game against the, against Loyola when he jumped over. They showed it a thousand times mm-hmm. when he jumped over Grant Hill, the the score table. Grant, Grant Hill's the. the, uh, the yeah. Um. It looked like Wagner could have stopped like five feet before the scores table. And, and he, he was had, laughing as he landed. That's he how had, you know he could have stopped. Yeah, he had like a split second of like, should I do it? Yeah, screw it. I'll do it. I'll mm-hmm. just do it. And mm-hmm. he just decided to jump over because he knew he'd play, play well to the camera. Well, because he knew it would be good for the one shiny moment montage. You mm-hmm. know, when they won the title, they'd have like, that's what you know, I'm saying. they had ups and downs. It's not an, it, it's almost not even an insult. It's like a compliment. Like the dude is so media savvy. He knows what he's doing. So Yeah, he's so um, media savvy. He is sucking up to a man that writes a draft guide before he gets drafted <laughs> in the NBA. That's how media Wagner savvy he is. Wagner played really, really well tonight at the start. Uh, yes, it was a great start for Michigan. Like if you if you tune into this game early on, you're like, wow, this is exactly how Michigan has to play. They're closing on the three point line. They've been so great defending the three all tournament. They, they started were out threes, doing that. Like they right were out. Wagner splashed that first they three. three threes all yeah. game and like Abdur- the first Rachman. two like immediately. Yep. Um, it, it, that first whatever was exactly what Michigan was trying to do. It was just like Villanova. It only worked for nine minutes. Yeah. And then and then Dante Divincenzo that, came in the dude, game. That's the terrifying thing about that. It was like Villanova played a B B plus game mm-hmm. probably. As we were saying, by 17 in as the we were saying about the Kansas game, like when Kansas lost to Villanova, it's like Kansas played a B plus game and they got blown out. And like in this game, Villanova plays a B plus game, Michigan plays like a B game, and they blow them out by 17. This was the most dominant run since 09 for sure. I know that 
you know, you're going to say that's because, <laughs> you know, I want to bring up North Carolina, but it really was the exact same way where every single game you had talked yourself into the other team for whatever reason. You're like, well, they got the emotional chip. They're in Det- it was Michigan right. State in Detroit after all that, that, you know, everything that happened with Ford and everything like that. So everyone's like, you know, they got something to play for. And then they just get blown out. And like Michigan, it was like, this is the team of destiny. Wagner looks unstoppable. We just had 24 and 15. It just seems like this is their year. And then Villanova was like, no, we're, we've Actually, been the best team. There's only one team at Destiny. Yeah, we've been doing this. And to Villanova's credit, uh, not that anyone's not giving them credit. I mean, this was an amazing run. But uh, the path that they took to get to the title game was, was very undervalued. Yeah. Like, we didn't we didn't really talk about that. I mean, we, we looked at the results of the games, but this was not a, a situation like Loyola or Michigan where people were sort mm-hmm. of devaluing. Well, look at actually who they beat. Yeah, you know, their Michigan, region got blown up. Michigan gets to the title game without playing a, a five seed or better. Mm-hmm. Um, Loyola kind of had theirs blown up where they didn't really have to play the, the big dogs to get to the Final Four. Uh, they played the Wildcats. But Villanova has the 16, then the 8-9. Well, I forget who what Alabama. I think they were 9, right? They were the 9. They were the That's nine. what I'm saying. The second round so game got, was against Colin Sexton and an Alabama team that the, looked ferocious they got the in the nine, first round. Uh, sweet 16 games against Javon Carter in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You got Texas Tech in the Elite Eight. Yep, who's a three seed. So you and, got and a team that just had been physical and you know playing good defense, like a, kind of a shitty matchup for them. You got can't one seed Kansas in the Final Four, and then a three seed to win it all, and you 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 wipe the floor with every single one of those teams. It's crazy. It's hilarious how uh, when Loyola was winning, I saw a lot of columns being written about how it's perfect that Loyola is doing this and maybe Loyola is going to do it because this is the season of chaos. This is the season of the FBI. Uh, you, you know all the sixteen over stuff. one, yeah. The, and then the sixteen over one happens, and it's like, this is the see, this is a pivotal moment in college basketball history where we'll look back and we'll be like, man, that's when college basketball really went nuts and got Was crazy. That the sea change, and yeah. that yeah, did that change the landscape of everything forever? Mm-hmm. That, and then Villanova was like, no, no, it didn't. We were the best team all year. Phil Booth got hurt for a few games, seven games. We got bored. We were sick of winning the Big East. Yeah. This isn't a real conference. Mm-hmm. We're, we, we lost to Providence. We're sorry. We we win the damn thing every year. Like, we're sick of doing this every year. Um, so what? They wanted Chris Mack to have his one Big East regular season right. before so he you left. Go to Louisville. That was very nice. Get him yeah. out of here. Uh, and that was that. And, that and, and now it's like funny where we stand now where it's like, oh, so there's really no compelling story other than just Villanova kicked everybody's ass and has like a dynasty budding. I think the most compelling thing to me is the Jay Wright, just where he is a legacy and where he is as a coach. And when it looks at like at Villanova as a program and what he's done, because there was that whole like crop of coaches, whether it was Self and Calipari and all those guys that were coming up and Jay Wright was sort of the forgotten one. Like even Billy Donovan, all those guys were talked you know, like as if they were, you know, on a different level, different tier than Jay Wright. And Jay Wright couldn't do he's anything a major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, he had the worst reputation for all Dude, this. Dude, I was, I was Everyone the, was saying he's playing basketball the wrong way. It's like, right. well, like he's got these guards. He, he has to play the percentages. It's not shots. a way to win titles. And they have just like, they've, they've, they've stayed steady throughout this entire time. And now the way to win titles is to, to shoot threes yeah, yeah. and like to play this way outside right. in. And he's perfectly fit for it. And now they're ruining, I mean, they're ruining the rest of these people because they don't know what to is do Villanova with this team. Is Villanova bad for women's basketball? basketball is what yes. people are going to start yes. asking themselves. Yes. He was, Jay Wright, four year, not even four years ago. This isn't like... We're 2014. Not, we're not talking like 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. This, this transition that he's done is like a snap of a finger. Four years ago, I I was probably guilt, more guilty of it than anyone else. He he is handsome, the handsome coach that wears the expensive suits. He's the guy who chokes in the second round and and does the CBS desk stuff. And that's just who he is. And he he... He ha- he gets like guys. He gets guards to come play for him because they shoot a ton of threes. But that's never going to be sustainable. They don't play defense well enough. These were things that we were all certain about Jay Wright, and now he's like the be- he's the best coach in the country. Yeah, I think like right now that's what I mean. He right? has to be the best, and that's incredible. I think if you ask someone in 2015 after they lost to NC State in that second round game, if you said to them, "Hey, Villanova's going to win two titles in three years, and Jay Wright's going to be the best coach in college basketball," a lot of people would have looked at you and, and been like, "That's impossible." First of all, hey. it's impossible that that could have happened. Second of all, like, how could his legacy have changed so hmm. quickly? Hmm. Is there perhaps maybe another handsome coach out there who's a choker right now? Hmm. Tony. Mm. Come on, Tony. It always comes back to Virginia on, with Tony. you and I. Come on, Tony. You can do it. You can do we it, believe Tony. in you. Yes. Next year's the year. You got anything else on the uh, title game? I just want to say for all the people out there that have you know followed us for this whole tournament, this whole run, and have been a part of us covering this whole entire tournament, um, Villanova, 
I just don't even think we gave them enough credit. Like I, as yeah. I'm, as I'm going back and like trying to to figure out how much I talk, I, I think we just kind of did it as a throwaway. It was like eventually this team's going to hit some team that's going to finally expose them. They're going to go cold. And I don't know. I, I wish I would have bought in more to the. Just oh, I to bought the in. I, I I was saying it from day one. Uh, I bought in <laughs> from the start. <laughs> I'm saying I've this as someone who said 28 to one, you should pick yeah. this team. But I just always thought that they were going to trip up at some. Uh, even the Alabama game. It's, I don't again, know. it's become sort of boring. Not not in how they play. Just sort of like it, it's become like the it only thing doesn't even seem real. How good they are. Yeah. It's like, just it's, like they're just hitting all these threes. You're like, are you kidding me? It's it's just there's there's like no the one the one time I felt alive watching Villanova like with the Villanova season was when they lost to St. John's at home and I was like, mm-hmm. awesome, this is something different, cool. Now you have my because t- like it's just the same thing over. They just wipe the floor with everybody in the Big East. They Xavier's like the big challenger. Xavier won the Big East this year. We should mention that. Um, but even Xavier gets destroyed every time they play Villanova and you're just like okay Xavier won but like Villanova's clearly better and they still have the cop out of when they lost to St. John's they don't have Phil Booth in the yeah, game so it's like we didn't even have our real so lineup so all year it's just like I mean of course like they're they're there I don't know like it's it's just it's it's a weird spot to be in cuz I'm I'm sort of spoiled watch it like it's not I don't it's not from a place of like I don't like this team or I I discredit what they're doing it's just like they're always going to be there. I know that I don't. I know I don't need to worry about Villanova because I know that they are always going to win every next year. I all of their starting lineup could go to the NBA, and I know they're going to win at least twenty five games. I know they're going to probably win the Big East, and I know they're going to get a one or a two seed. That's just that's where we're at with them. And they're just so nonchalant about it, especially Jay Wright. Like even them winning the national title, Jay Wright gets the microphone, and the first thing he does is try to congratulate Michigan and yeah. how great of a season they had, and he does this whole good guy routine. It's like. Dude, you just won a, your second national title in three years. Most of these coaches, there's such an ego to them that, like, when yeah. that happens, they're just like on cloud nine. Like I told you, yeah, you like I that. told you, you like that. That's what Huggins would do. Yeah, exactly. Huggins is grabbing his nuts. Like, <laughs> what do you think about these three stars? Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just can't believe that Jay Wright has has gotten to this point where it's just so easy and it doesn't seem like it's a big deal, even when they're doing this. And he cares more about building facilities on campus and like building bridges on campus and trying to expand, you know, the the infrastructure of Villanova, the university, like all, mm. all these good guy things that you expect from a college basketball coach, Jay Wright does. And I just don't understand it. It's just amazing. Where do we, so Villanova, where do we stand with the old Big East now? Like Syracuse has the one title. Uh-huh. Georgetown has the one title. Uh-huh. Villanova has three. three now. Great for the Massimino family, by the way. Great it's just Mass- great. Yeah. It's just great for the family. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll kind of indulge ourselves, talk about our experience, our personal experience in San Antonio. Tate, how often do you think about your socks? Actually, you know what? Don't answer that. I already know, because if you're like I used to be, the answer is not much. But I recently discovered socks that changed the way I'll think about socks forever. They're called Bombas. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Made from premium cotton, Bombas stays warm in the winter and cool in the summer, and every pair comes with built-in blister tab, innovative arch support, stay-up technology, and a seamless toe. With many colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas look great in the gym, at the office, and out on the town. Bombas are what feet daydream about, and for every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. They've donated over 7 million pairs of socks so far. Keep cool, keep comfortable, and keep contributing with the best socks in the history of feet, Bombas. Buy your new socks at bombas.com slash shining today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash shining for 20% off. Bombas.com slash shining. Best socks in the history of feet. And we're also brought to you by Coca-Cola and Powerade. If you're into sports, then it's your favorite time of the year. March Madness just wrapped up. Congratulations to the 2018 champs, the Villanova Wildcats. We know you've been swinging by Walmart before every single round and every single game to get your Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar, and Powerade. Coca-Cola is the official fan refreshment of the NCAA. Be ready to watch all the games like you've had with Coca-Cola and Powerade. The tourney just wrapped up. I hope you have some extra Coke and Powerade to chug on. For the dog days of the Masters week, you know, it's The tourney tough. wrapped up, the sports calendar did not take. No, it continues. There's Basketball more, never stops. There's more Coke to drink and more Powerade to slurp on. A typical game day for me looks like me and Mark Titus sipping on some tasty Powerade Ooh. and maybe a Coke Zero Ooh. Sugar. Uh, NCAA March Madness isn't just one game, it's a whole tournament. You just watch the whole tournament with us. We appreciate you. Make sure you're always ready. Refresh every round by heading to Walmart again to pick up Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar, and Powerade. Back to the podcast. All right, we're back. Uh, Villanova won. 
by <laughs> two more. <laughs> Villanova won by Villanova, 17 points. Villanova won by 17 if points. If you haven't checked it out. We could keep talking about that game, uh-huh. but instead, let's talk about how you and I walked around San Antonio in tuxedos and people recognized us because that's really why we do this podcast mm-hmm. is not to analyze college basketball. It's to become famous and to... <laughs> to, to <laughs> To have the glory poured mm. upon us by the by the fans of college basketball, many of whom we met, a lot of friends of the program out in San Antonio. Tate, what stood out to you as we were mingling with the people of San Antonio? Just the whole experience of being down there, other than like being just completely exhausted at all points. I, th- I think the coolest thing and the best thing that we did, and it was so much fun for us, was every single fan, whether it was Loyola, Michigan, Kansas, Villanova, that came up and talked to us. No matter what, we, we we first of all said that we felt like their team. We the, felt the, the, this was, was their team. year. There was a team of destiny. destiny. We wished them luck, and we're pulling for them. Um, and the worst version of that was after Loyola had just lost, <laughs> we were outside, and we had to shoot this video that we were sending back to, to Ringer HQ here to put out to the world uh, on the social medias. And uh, we shoot the video, and these Loyola fans are right there, and they're talking to us. And i just been doing the same can lines. Well, you know, good luck. Have a good time, guys. Uh, good luck tonight. And I did the same thing, and they had just lost, and these fans were just devastated like yeah there is no luck we just lost lost. we just lost but thanks it was the first time i was like all right yeah Yeah. i gotta i gotta just i gotta stop doing this (laughs) i can't can't keep playing the the political card here my my favorite thing was that like three or four people would say oh titus tate i'm a huge fan Mm -hmm. and then you know be like awesome man i'm I'm sure you are because like we we could spot we we brought a lot of trolls yeah there are a lot of trolls a lot of people that recognize us that would would say nice things but you could tell that they were you know they had another agenda. How about the people that would yell? They would yell your name, and then we'd we'd be like, "What's up?" And then they would just be like, "Oh, okay." And then they just keep yeah, walking. Yeah. It's like troll. But my favorite. So the, the people them. would be like, uh, "We're huge fans," and then I kind of like size them up. I'm like, "Are you? Are we sure? Mm-hmm. Are we sure you're a huge fan?" But how do you know that they're a true fan? What they would say, I, I swear to God, like three or four people said th- different people, not even in the same group. They mm-hmm. would say, "I'm not a John Diebler. I'm a real fan." <laughs> yeah. Said I'm not John Diebler. I listen to the podcast, which is great. And that's become my favorite thing. So, yeah. like, that's my new thing for for friends of the program to to to, to prove that you're <laughs> a legitimate fan. Say you're not John Diebler, and if you're new and you don't understand the reference, uh, my my former teammate John Diebler texted me. He, is he's a liar. He's playing. He's, he's a liar. <laughs> he's playing over in Europe, and he, he texted me one time. And was like, dude, I love the podcast. I listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so to see if he actually did, I called him out. Like on the very next pod we recorded, I was like, hey, Diebler, if you're actually listening to this, text me. And then he still has never texted me. And Which I'm, it doesn't necessarily mean he didn't listen to it. It may just mean like he didn't want to reach out, you know? Yeah, that's true too. So maybe we'll give the benefit of the doubt because, there. But I, I found it absolutely hysterical that like three or four independent people all, you could say all sorts of things, and they all went to, I'm not John Diebler. <laughs> that's actually going to be the tagline of Friends of the Program. I'm not John Diebler. We would put that on, a, if, if Kyle got his shit together and actually Which got his never merch, we would, he's, he's we would put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. I am not John Diebler. Uh, so, yeah, we, we did a lot of time walking along the Riverwalk, drinking. <laughs> I am David Laddie. I, I am not I am not John Diebler. I'm not John Diebler. That'd be great. I, w- I would buy that shirt. <laughs> yes, you would. Um, what else stood out about the Riverwalk? A lot of, a lot of fans, uh, the the Villanova Michigan fans obviously stuck around. We, we didn't see quite as many Loyola and Kansas fans after they, their teams lost. Um, I don't know. It was basically what I would say about San Antonio. This is my first time in San Antonio. Um, the Riverwalk is something else. I had no idea what to expect. You always hear like the, got to go to the Riverwalk in San Antonio. got to see what it's like. I think the most fun that I had of the Riverwalk was we're in tuxedos, but there's so many different, like we saw Ray Allen on the Riverwalk. We see like the, Kenny Smith on the Riverwalk. You know, you see like Ed Cooley's on the Riverwalk. You see all these coaches and all these random people, but we're all in the space of college basketball. So you're almost like in the, there, there's like some sort of sanctity to the whole situation. Like everyone's, no one's like getting up in Ray Allen's face being like, hey, Ray, sign this shit for me. You know what I mean? Like right. everyone's kind of like, oh my God, oh, there's UConn's Ray Allen. You know, it's not yeah. even like Miami Heat Ray Allen. That's the coolest thing about going to Final Fours is how everyone walking around, uh, there, there, there are just a lot of, there are a lot of random tall guys and you play the game of like, I recognize that guy, mm-hmm. but I don't remember where. Mm-hmm. He's somebody. Mm-hmm. He's six he's nine. He's got to be somebody. Is that Terry Porter? Is, it, is that? It could could it be? There's that is game. Is that Conzo or Quanzo? Uh, there's also the you, you see a lot of jumpsuits, a lot of polos yes. with with the logo on there. Uh, we should do that next year where we just like pick a school and just like wear the polos <laughs> and pretend like we're the coach. Just do our hair like really, sit, you know, get, get the Slick coach back. haircut. Yes, uh, tuck it into some slacks. Tuck it into slacks and just walk around with Loafers. business cards. Yeah. A lot of those guys walking yeah, around. Yeah, working ops. It's a very cool scene, I suppose, if you're really into basketball. Because like you said, you just got to have your head on a swivel. You're seeing a lot of people. But um, 
I don't know, man. I'm sold. I'm coming back to the Final Four. We did the three on three thing. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten did. The Big Ten did win the national championship. Yes, we won the three on three. Technically, is the national title, and it's the inaugural. And just like in the past, you know, good for the Big Ten, good for Ohio State, good for your boys to like do something early, be the first to something. 2015, when they won the first college football playoff, right? Yeah. This is what yeah. you do, Titus. Congratulations. Yeah, okay. yeah. There you go. Yeah, big year for the Big Ten. We won the NIT. <laughs> we won the three-on-three yeah. uh, inaugural thing where Tate and I were, were throwing out duffel bags of cash. That was awesome. I, I, I legitimately love that event. I've, I've not stopped thinking about it. Since 46 we bags of cash of $1,000. 46 yeah. bags we threw out. Like, yeah. we're going to have to get Tommy John surgery now. <laughs> like, we're actually injured. It was a lot of fun. Um. Yeah. I, I still, like, I, I'm still not over it, you know? Like, I haven't slept... I still feel like I'm in a tuxedo. We had it, it was a whirlwind. We saw so many people and and I'm just now as we're talking about it realizing that everything that happened we can't really talk about because there was we heard a story about Bob Knight's penis that like happened <laughs> on the floor laughing. We we see like you hear we're we're at a bar, so I'm not gonna name names or anything like that, but like we're at a bar, we hear a story about Bob Knight's penis, and mm. I'm like collapsing, laughing, and then I turn or oh, look around. On the other side of my shoulder, Jim Beheim and PJ Carlissimo are grabbing. Are also di- talking are, are about. Like, yeah, are like are talking about Bob Nice. But they're like over there grabbing dinner, and uh-huh. it's like you just have that moment of like, where have I? Where has my life led me to where I'm here? Like Jim Beheim's over here. I'm hearing about Bob Knight here, and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's a cool experience. I w- I will go to every Final Four for the rest of my life now. I kind of feel the same way. It's like I want to be a part of the Final Four club, and it, and it's cool because like the teams, you'll see like a group of guys, and you'll recognize one player, and then you'll realize like. Oh my God, that's like the Purdue club. Like, oh wow, that's like the Arizona guy. You know what I mean? Like, and they're all kind of like walking around. Like, if you saw Miles Simon, you're like, oh my God, there's Miles Simon. And like, he's got a couple buddies that were like, oh, is that that, Bibby? Yo, oh my God, is that Pastor? You know, it's like you can just sort of see the clubs of people that come around, which is cool. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think about things we can talk about, but there there are many. No. We, uh, we are going to have Robbie Hummel on the podcast. Yeah, we, we, Rob- called the, we called the three-on-three <laughs> thing with him. And uh, Have you ever watched a broadcast and you're like, man, Robbie Hummel's pretty boring. Like, what does this guy have to say? <laughs> like, I really don't enjoy it. Um, just know that I felt that way before I met Robbie Hummel <laughs> in person. And Robbie Hummel has like one of the best personalities and some of the craziest stories I've ever heard, uh, both in college basketball and professional basketball. And I'm so excited that he he We're, said he's willing to come on the podcast and tell his stories. He's well, been like ta- he was like talking shit to me all weekend um, for for in the three on three thing. Uh, he didn't think I knew anything about basketball. I yeah. made some I made some comment about the hammer like a hammer action. He was like, "What the hell? <laughs> you know that?" I was like, "God, Robbie, this is great." There, there, there's like a whole. Cycle. Here's a t-shirt. Here's a t-shirt we could do. We could do the Tate Frazier cycle of uh-huh. like the first. The first thing people say is, "Wait, he's not black." <laughs> then like the second thing is like, "Wait, he actually knows basketball." And then like the third, the third thing is like, "Wait, wait, he can actually like sort of play basketball." Or like, or maybe there's like a height thing in there. Wait, he's like six two. He's like, just like the whole. Yeah, it's it. And then from there, it just gets worse and worse as you as you get. <laughs> wait, he actually didn't just deliver posters. What? Everything I know about Tate Frazier is wrong. Uh, yeah, we are going to have Robbie on. Let's tease that interview, but then also transition. Tate, this was the last game of the season. I think the, the question now is that we have, we have made America fall in love with us. We have, <laughs> we have brought them into our world uh-huh. and said, please join us join in us the, the, the dropping ride. of the bags. Mm-hmm. Join us for the, the, the ride that the FBI is going to take us on this year with college basketball. It has come to an end. What is next for this podcast? I, I'm asking you not because this is sort of some sort of setup. I'm I'm literally asking you because I have no idea. And I want you to answer this for me. <laughs> um, I have to go sleep. <laughs> nothing I say right now should be taken seriously because I'm almost delirious at this point. I know we're doing the Duffies. That's the only thing I can promise. We are, we are doing the Duffies. On Friday, we are going to be doing our award show. Spoiler alert, Jalen Brunson will not win Player of the Year. <laughs> no, he will not. I guarantee you that. I might, he may win most disappointing title performance of the season. Yeah, there you and go. And it'll be close to the Big West and the, and the Big Three. It'll be a oh, back and forth <laughs> to see who wins that one. Was it Leland King or mm. was it Jalen Brunson? <laughs> we'll find out on Friday. Um, yeah, we're doing the Duffies Friday, and then what? I don't know. Maybe we should do like a we should do a Dirty Laundry compilation that could buy us like one more episode. <laughs> yeah, we I, we have so many dirty, we have but, so many stories in the Dirty Laundry. That no, we'll keep this thing. We're gonna yeah. we're, our plan is to keep this thing going as mm-hmm. best we can. Uh, we also understand that like. We're not trying to burn anybody out. Um, if we Including out, ourselves. If we run out of things to say, we're not going to like do a podcast. But uh, we got the NBA draft coming up. You and I know draft. We know the players that are going to get drafted, except Doncic. Mm-hmm. Don't know that guy. I don't know anything about him. Uh, we have the summer league coming up. We're gonna have. We're gonna try to have guests on. The ride continues. The grind never stops. 
Uh, we hope that everyone joins us along for the ride. We hope Wagner will come on this podcast and explain himself. That is that is honestly the plan this summer is to basically just try to get like every guest imaginable and just try to get them to to talk, tell us all your the best stories. Because what have. we learned this weekend, we have a lot of fun just talking with people about basketball in basketball yeah. circles between each other. Because you know we ended up talking about things like Bob Knight's penis. That's you know? what that's what we learned. <laughs> that's what we learned at the final four. You and I are in the basketball circles, yeah. and we didn't even yes. realize it. Yes. Um. So yeah, we hope you join us. We hope you have enjoyed us all season long. This has been, I'll speak for myself. I will not speak for Tate. He's a grown man. He can speak for his own self. This has been a ton of fun. This has been like better than I ever imagined when we started this thing. I was hoping my parents would listen and then maybe my brother and then maybe a few other people. It's so rewarding. Those are the only people that listen for me. Honestly, like the, the most rewarding thing is that this, my, the 7% of my followers who are real, like mm-hmm. just something happens. Like people have like filters set up on Twitter where if the word bag is mentioned, <laughs> it's just like a whole stream in my timeline of like, dude, bad guy and good guy. Like people have gotten behind this this bullshit that you and I have created. It's been a ton of fun to, to see it turn into something. And, and I say that to say thank you so much to the friends of the program for helping us make this the most fun college basketball season. And to grow the brand because, time. yeah, it, it's been so The brand so much is strong fun. right yeah, now. Yeah, and we threw out an idea to throw bags of cash on national TV, and we laughed at the thought that they would ever say yes to that. And it couldn't and, happen unless... And it couldn't happen without you guys. There's no way they would agree with this unless they had any idea who we were, and the only reason they do is because of the people that listen, so we appreciate you. We appreciate you so much. We hope you stick with us throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. We, we promise. My guarantee to you is that if I feel like we are doing podcasts that are serving no audience whatsoever, we'll just stop doing them. But the plan is to serve an audience. We we plan to still produce fun content serve that you guys will enjoy. Serve yeah. the base. And we, we are going to be here. So we hope you stick around. If not, no hard feelings. We'll meet back up in October. That's fine too. But hopefully you stick around. Villanova, 50 to 1 next year. Take them <laughs> out. Take them out. <laughs> take them out. I don't know what the odds are. Just go Congratulations, find them. Villanova fans. The dynasty is happening. Michigan, you had a, you had a fun ride too. Beautiful we, ride. We, we wish that everyone could have won it. In the end, it was Villanova yet again. That's it. That's the season. Anything else before we go, Tate? Right logic, right picks. We did it. We did it. Your Wildcats pick, looking good. Looking good, folks. That's it. The 2017-18 season is in the books. Until next time, save the crew. Okay, Tay, one more thing before we go. One last word about Bombas. I recently discovered that Bombas has changed the way I would think about socks. They are made from premium cotton. They stay warm in the winter, and they stay cool in the summer. And every pair comes with built-in blister tab, innovative arch support, stay-up technology, and a seamless toe. With many colors, many patterns, many lengths, many styles, Bombas will look great in the gym, at the office, out on the town, wherever else life takes you. And for every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. They have already donated over 7 million pairs of socks so far. As they continue to donate, they will still have donated over 7 million, but maybe that number will get up to 8. If you guys help out, drop the bag for Bombas. Buy your new socks at bombas.com slash shining today and get 20% off your first purchase. And if you're also looking for some merchandise, some clothing, other than Bombas, go to ringer.com slash shop. Get your Ringer merchandise where you will not find Friends of the Program t-shirts. You will not find We Are the 7% t-shirts. You will not find I Am Not John Diebler t-shirts. You will not find Good Guy, Bad Guy, Kyle Guy t-shirts. You will not find Make Shots t-shirts. Do I, am I missing anything, Tate? Miss Shots t-shirts. Miss Shots t-shirts. You will not find any of these things, but you will find some Ringer merch. So uh, go there, buy it. Maybe next year we'll get some OSB merch. I don't know. That's the goal for next year. We'll see. 